Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. So you guys seem to work a lot with different archetypes in the Warrior Program, and Shay is also working with them in Thailand. Can you tell why you chose to work this way, so through archetypes, how they play a role in masculinity, and more specifically, how we can work with them on our own? Uh, what can I say? Well, my understanding of working with archetypes is, is that they're uh, an opportunity to create a more evolved and complete sense of self yet again. It's, it's it, like we, we are embedded in a complex situation. You know, we're born and we experience ourselves as being alive, but at the same time, we don't necessarily understand what we are, how we really operate in reality. And over a very long period of time, What's happened is our consciousness has like accumulated strategies of effectiveness. It's accumulated like skills. And those skills are not necessarily something that, that we carry consciously, but they're embedded in us. Because something that's also part of our nature is that like we are made out of multi-levels of information, you know, multiple levels of, of intelligence. And some of that stuff is like pretty deeply innate inside of our nervous system and it's deeply innate inside of our nature. And some of it's also outsourced to culture as well. So what that means is we have over a huge amount of time of experience and then sharing experience and then turning those experiences into stories and teachings and metaphors and schools and philosophies and religions and, you know, healing systems and hunting systems and, and, uh, you know, sociological strategies and politics and, and relationships. Love and war. And, yeah. Yeah, like it goes on and on and on. So you think of like the range of the human possibility and the range of the human, human, uh, like expression is, is vast, especially over a very long period of time. So, uh, we as a, a race and as a species have accumulated a huge amount of data um, that is both embedded in our bodies as well as expressed externally inside of the culture and the world around us in some form. Uh, and, you know, let's say we have our present context, like you have, you know, okay, we're, we're dudes in 2020 and we're, you know, our heads are full of fucking social media and video games and, and butts and like, you know, whatever it is that our, like that our- Trumps and butts. Yeah, Trumps and butts, because like that's, that's where a lot of our attention gets drawn and that's like, yet again, a lot of the context is kind of packed with that kind of stuff. And I think that if we, if we lose connection with the deeper sense of our nature and we lose connection with this information work that we've all, or not work, but this information, that's in our bodies and it's in our culture and it's 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 really useful stuff it's survival strategies it's thriving strategies it's wellness strategies it's enlightenment strategies it's relating strategies it's all these packets of information uh, if we lose connection with them then we get starved and then we start to feel depressed and we start to get anxious and we start to get addicted and we start to do dumb shit and we start to become uh expressive of uh, the repression of those energies. And what happens is those exact same forces come out sideways. So they come out as, as tyranny or they come out as obsession or they come out as, as control and manipulation or they become come out as self-destruction or they come out as, you know, some kind of weird mental illness or they come out in all these like sideways ways because we've failed to integrate and initiate ourselves into our psyche. So if we kind of um, look at the, the, the map of the territory that might be useful, you can like one, one way to look at it is you have a central core self, which is really this sort of, vertical nature which is your internal core of awareness which essentially wants to ascend it wants to know itself as its higher most evolved form it wants to be integrated into its true nature and in some ways it, you could call that like a celestial knowing an, a, a, an evolutionary urge of, of emergent enlightenment or like to know yourself as part of the totality but the problem is that core nature which has this sort of desire has 
to also integrate with this more, let's say, horizontal axis of expression and horizontal axis of all the world of stuff, all the world of form, all the world of magic, all the world of energy, all the world of like reality uh, that's that's emerging and bubbling around us. So you could say in the central core column, you have this true nature that's trying to understand itself in its form. And then around that, you have these onions of, of uh, being and identity that, that are more identified and, and they become like kind of embedded and enmeshed in the world of the elements and the world of the material reality and the world of obsession and the world of like possessing and territory and hierarchy and, and all the stuff that comes with, um, you know, being a, uh, you know, being a worldly being. So you could say that like, the idea is that in, in that we have like a forward facing mask, like a forward facing self, which is a persona. And in some ways we're kind of fishing around in the horizontal axis of our life. We're fishing around in our experience and we're gathering data. We're picking up impressions. We're picking up information. We're, we're sympathetically and also mimicking adults and authority figures and heroes and people that we think of people that we should be like. And that stuff sort of comes in and starts building itself like, a, again, a series of like layers. Like, you know, maybe you think of it like barnacles on a ship or something. It's like these life forms that build on top of this uh, central core nature of self that's really going on in the center. And the forward facing part is that is the, this is the part that you want to show to the world. This is the part that you think is okay to show to the world. This is the part that is, you know, I want to be seen like this. And that's not always positive because you might, you know, you might've been taught from a young age that you are not, a, not allowed to be powerful. You're not allowed to be sexual. You're not allowed to take your authority. You're not allowed to have what you want. You're not allowed to trust the world. You know, if you grow up in poverty or working class stuff, or if you have uh, tragedy or abuse or, you know, some kind of shit that happens in your life, then that gets programmed into the energies that you're picking up in your life. And that becomes part of the barnacle structure around your true self, part of this kind of crustified set of layers of things. Um, so what, or the reason I'm saying that is because <clears throat> sometimes there are parts of our personality that we're putting out into the world that are unhealthy and, uh, you know, they're not necessarily the best parts of ourselves. And that brings the, the other thing to, to awareness, which is the other side of this is that we have like, let's say a shadow aspect. So we have a reverse facing self, a self that is like the hidden self, the self that is the repressed self, the self that is the unknown or the unliked or the unwanted or the rejected self. And that's more of everything that is not acceptable in the eyes of, you know, society and authority figures or our identity in some kind of way. Uh, and when you go into understanding the shadow aspect and you learn to integrate it and love it and be compassionate to it and learn to give it resources and process it in various ways, embodied process, intellectual processing, emotional processing, spiritual processing, then you can stand the chance of learning to, let's say, marry the, the, the shadow and the light to marry the opposites inside yourself and to start to harmonize the the extreme. So instead of seeing like, you know, instead of seeing uh, like love and hate as a primary, you know, duality, for example, and saying that there's this thing called love and it's really important and I like it and I want to be that and I don't want to be anything to do with hate and hate's terrible and it's bad and it's evil and I want to get away from it and I don't like it. So I'm going to push that away from me. So instead of having this thing where we kind of break the continuum apart and we try to just focus on one side and we try to deny the other side, what you start doing is like feeling the range of that and start expanding and contracting yourself across the range of you know love and hate for example and learning to be more of the observer and the operator and the practitioner or the you know the 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 experience or inside of that range uh, whilst allowing yourself to be embodied to the degree that you can gain the knowledge and the wisdom from that information but at the same time you can separate yourself from it so that you can actually like not be lost in it because that's where the trouble happens we get lost because we get engulfed in our own attachment to to identities and identifications identities of suffering and difficulty or identities of holding on to something we really want to be because we think it's really important for us. And then we get 
pissed off and hurt when reality shows us that we're also not that or things are going to be challenged in that process. Um, so the work of learning to embrace the continuum of shadow of light, a shadow and light, learning to work with your, your front facing personality and, and to refine that and to make it more like, let's say harmonious and positive and loving and, and more um, dynamic. Uh, and also to dig deep and to start to acknowledge you have a shadow, you can work with a shadow, you can start to process it in various ways. That is the work. So the idea is that as you start you know, moving backwards and forwards through that, that range, that uh, you start you know, flexing and waking up a lot of different parts of yourself. Now, part of the world of, of, of let's say, traversing this, this horizontal, this, you know, traversing this, uh, this vertical axis of self to, to attain your true self nature, to become harmonious with the cosmos and return home to your true place in the family of existence, you have to understand the nature of how the story works. And you have to untangle yourself from the messy parts of the story and fill the gaps and like and, and basically create a, a workable meta mythology, a workable inner framework, a workable set of energies and experiences to really like show yourself what you really are. So archetypes, let's are uh, basically great intro, by the way. Yeah, so like a nice intro. Let's get to the point. So uh, <clears throat> archetypes are a part of that scheme of things because part of what we need to deal with is we face the adversity of moving into the unknown and growing into this super being that we actually are and entering into infinite impossibility is that we have to condition ourselves to be able to handle that. Uh, and um, one of the things that we need to do to do that is to build allies and to soothe and to heal parts of us that are tormented. And, and uh, the other thing that we, it's really also an uncomfortable thing to come to terms with is that, and this is quite unsettling when you really actually get it, uh, is we live in a predatory universe and you are food for something and something's eating you right now and things will eat you and they will continue to eat you. And then sometimes if you're not careful, you'll even get mauled and pulled apart and destroyed in the process of your experience. And that's definitely the case when it comes to going deep into spiritual work. The process of spiritual work is literally the process of being dismembered piece by piece and dissolved back into your true nature. And it's not necessarily a pleasant experience. So you have to become the warrior and the wise being in the middle of that and learn how to handle it like a, like a, like a warrior, like a, like a wizard warrior. Uh, and, uh, and learn to realize that sometimes you are also part of the predatory nature as well. You have a predatory aspect and you have to eat and feed and work, for, work on, you know, fulfilling yourself as well as being part of this greater cosmic kind of thing. So you've got this column of core nature. It's trying to work on itself to know itself as what it is. And it's using all these other things. So another way to look at this is, it's quite a miracle, in my opinion, that we've created the psyche and these archetypal forces and even culture and all, the, all these representations and all this technology that we have around us are all just extensions and devices and tools of our actual divine nature to, to recognize and materialize itself, to fully know itself in its complete form. Now, there are adverse forces to that that are in it. They're part of the mix. But nonetheless, working with archetypes is about working with strengths of, of self, working with allies, working with energies, and also learning to work with, you know, the the unconscious parts of each of those things so that we can turn what were, let's say, restrictive adversarial unconscious shadow forces into increasingly conscious tools and weapons and skills and uh, orientation strategies and powers of connection and powers of love and powers of transformation. And so that's alchemy. That's the process of spiritual alchemy, transforming yourself from, you know, the shit eating fucking worm to the, to the transcendent angelic unified like Godhead. And really you are both the shit eating worm and the unified Godhead. So that's, that's the, that's the complexity. And you're this kind of weird human sandwich in between the things going like, who am I? What's going on? I don't know. I'm going to eat up things and I, I fucking want to feel good. So 
we, we kind of, we're trying to work it all out. And yet again, we don't necessarily have context to do that. So archetypes give context and they give a support system to be able to do that. And they give us a, a mythological system. They give us strategies and pathways. They give us like frameworks to be able to put our mind and our bodies and our emotions into a kind of, um, you know, a container and a process. So in doing that, then, then there can be a kind of an integration of, of, of understanding who we are and what's going on. So just to quickly cover the fact that, you know, inside of the male psyche, then you can look at the king, warrior, magician, and lover as a, as a primary kind of, you know, the core squad, if you want to call it that. You know, they're like these kind of like core. The holy quad. Yeah. The, 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 and, and they're also representative of like, you know, the, the, the four major domains of yourself, you know, like the different parts of your nature. Uh, and um, there's a psychological approach to that. I mean, just reading about them, you know, you can go and watch Gladiator and fucking, you know, think it's really cool to like, you know, be a be a be a ninja and like, you know, you can you can like like worship heroes to do with certain certain archetypes, and that's healthy in a way because it gives us kind of nourishment. That's why hero worship is, you know, it's such a powerful part of our culture. We tell each other stories, you know, we like to promote that idea, and we kind of we have like to have symbols of icons of of heroic nature. But doing that is cool. That's kind of a psychological food in a way. And it's a metaphorical food. It's like a mythological food for the meaning of your life that can help you. But then there's the deeper aspect, which very, very rarely people actually engage with. And that's what we've been sort of building here to a degree is we're like looking at how can we not just tell the story, but how can we enter the story? How can we embody the story? How can we experience the story? Even just on a subtle level, it's, it's a good start. And there's levels within levels within levels, you know, um, so when you're first starting, it's kind of, and it depends on who you are, but when you're first starting, you might want to start with just the intellectual understanding, the frameworks, and also giving yourself small but digestible experiences of what's it like to, uh, you know, get embodied as a warrior. And, and like warriors are about things like focus and discipline and setting goals and facing shadows and defeating addictions and, and digging deep inside yourself and finding internal vitality uh, and you know, learning to kind of also embrace and work with your deeper nature, your darker nature, your hellish nature, your death nature, your, your destructive nature, and integrate that in some way. So there could be lots of things that might be putting yourself on some kind of restrictive challenge. It might mean challenging yourself to build new skills that are going to force you to become a master of something as you transmit concepts through your body into actual reality. Uh, it could mean writing down your goals and getting really clear with your goals and being accountable to stuff. It could be you know, being uh, really hyper vigilant and aware of your, your tracking of perception and what you're doing with yourself at any particular moment in time because you're kind of being aware. And you could say like, I mean, it's one of the things, like one warrior wizard attitude is like, live every moment as if you're already gonna die and as if this is it, you're in a battlefield right now. Like this is it. And like reality is gonna fuck you up if you're not careful and moments will be lost and limbs can be lost and value can be lost. And if you miss an opportunity, it's gone, it's gone. Like it's it, you, you fucked it up. Like. So, you know, you've got to wake up. Like there's no forgiving the warrior on the battlefield. You know what I mean? There's no forgiveness for the warrior on the battlefield, let's say. And that might be a very warrior attitude. Now, if you spend time cultivating that and giving that will and giving that power and just these starts as a concept, but then you start like feeding it with your emotions, you start feeding it with your life force, you start feeding it with your skills, then it's exactly what happens in Shaolin monks, for example. Like they train these things that just start as concepts and then they start embodying things that have tremendous power that they can, they can transmit outside their bodies and you see that with many different things it happens with healers too they have a very simple action like using their hands or something but what they're doing when they might be doing something that seems quite simple or or, or basic from the outside is they're actually activating a whole bunch of skill sets inside themselves that if they've trained properly have this ton of like meaning and, and power and training behind which is actually activating a whole world of 
you know, inner resources and skills that, that are not just psychological, they're emotional, they're energetic, they, they can be cultural, you know, so you can kind of work with the different forces. So, you know, working with the warrior is like one kind of example. And then, you know, you have to counterbalance the warrior with the lover, for example, because the lover is all about getting soft and loving and compassion and, and beauty and relationship. Sensual. Sensuality, sexuality, you know, but not too much. Too much lover, you become sloppy and oozy and you're just like leaking your energy and you just become this kind of like little puddle of fucking impotent fucking like because you're just too much debauch. Too much pleasure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we've all been another there. swan uh, brain. Yeah. So that that becomes like a you know a kind of um you know an overcompensation. So you want to have the balance. And yet again, love is about letting go and connection and relaxation and softness and embodiment and you know and pleasure and release. And so you might want to look at tantric philosophies. You might want to look at embodiment. You might want to look at getting massages. You might want to smell the flowers and enjoy the beautiful music. So you can do things that are nice for that part of you. Uh, and then, you know, King's about center and it's about building kingdom and building your way and understanding your place in the world and working out how to map the world and how to unify a warrior and lover into a third holiness. It's like, you know, there's like an almost like a triad between warrior, lover and, and, and King. Uh, and then there's like the magician aspect, which is like around the whole process and in between and outside, which is really the, the part of yourself, which is the, the, the self-aware mapping structure of your nature, that which can like look at your reality and look at who you are and create distinctions and separations and bubbles and layers and all this stuff and that can create maps and strategies and it can dissolve reality. So, you know, the analytical uh, scientific mind is a, is a magician weapon, um, you know, and it's something that we use to dissect through bullshit and illusion and come to the point of finding real conclusion and getting some like actual like functional thing out of it. But it can also be building too. So like the, the magician's not just limited to his rational deconstructive mind. He also has creative potential to be able to use his active imagination, his willful intent, his a lot of different subtle bodies or awarenesses inside of himself. So that's also about, you know, sensitivity, exploring multidimensional nature, building the, the totality of the cosmology of what you are, you know, grounding yourself in what you are, learning to ground power and wield it with, with skill and also learning how to evolve yourself through that process. So within the center of the king, warrior, magician and lover is the magical child, which is what you are. That's what you are when you begin and that's what you are when you end. You just become the fool and the magical child in the center of this whole process. So that's another thing. Your heart is innocent. You know, you are kind of like this free, like spark of, of, of creation and that's technically untouched by actual reality. So it just... It materializes in reality for a time and gets to play with the elements and gets completely fucking raped and fucked by all the different thousands of things that are inside and outside and has all the glories and the hells and the ups and the downs and the hero's journey. And then dissolves back into where it came from, which is out of perfection because it's untouched by any of it because that's what our actual true essence is, is this kind of untouchable, eternal, conscious information being. Yeah, so it's kind of like programs in the matrix. Archetypes are like programs in the matrix and when you learn to work with them and integrate them, um, it gives you a whole sort of uh, set of things. So you can learn about them just by reading about them and getting connected with them. And then ideally the best thing you can do, and this is the, the it's something that it's, I mean, it's hard to teach, but you've got to learn how to develop your felt sense understanding of what these things are. You got to learn how to, first of all, have a curiosity and an exploration of what, what the thing might even be to have the, the intellect and the, and the open-mindedness to question, you know, what is my reality and what is an archetype and how does this work and you know who said what about this and blah 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 and build some frameworks and ideas and then to really drop into that and try to like explore and understand what is the actual reality of of that um intellectual facade that you've been exploring what's behind those words what is the nature of the, the deeper spirit the deeper function in there and that's when it can go very much into like the, the the hairy world of shamanism and the hairy world of like deep psychology and stuff as well 
and not everybody's prepared to go there. So, you know, it's okay to play on the surface with archetypes because another thing I'll just quickly say is archetypes are incredibly potent forces. And in some sense, if you're not careful, they can possess you and they want to possess you. They want to take you over. And if they do, if you get possessed by the warrior, for example, then you just become this like brittle workaholic, empty fucking yang powered, like, you know, sword that just cuts through reality constantly, but then gets too sharp and gets too like too, um, too harsh and too powerful and then starts causing destruction around you or destruction to yourself. You kind of burn yourself out, for example, you know, too much too much king you become you know tyrannical and overpowering and like you get lost in yourself or you become completely like helpless in your own ability to center yourself in some sense so it depends on where you are there's lots of different points and understandings to look at within the whole range of of, of your possibilities but you really want to try and understand that it's about knowing that these forces are there that they're kind of part of you it's like they're part of the they're part of the mainframe of your deeper nature and you can start to know that they're there, explore them, dive in and out and dive back out or sort of wave at them from a distance and get a little smile from them. Like, it's like, oh, you know, they've got a bit of that energy. Thanks for that. But you don't want to let it obsess you too much because then, you know, that can become that can become messy. So, yeah, find your balance in that. Know that they're there. Let them embody you to a degree then separate yourself back out and become like the center, become like the, the, the master that's able to kind of hold himself in the midst of that. And to put all that together quickly, the whole point is, when you have all that shit working together, you have a vertical axis finding itself, you have a construct of archetypes, you have all these different mechanisms, you have this expanding, contracting, you know, sense of reality, etc. When all that stuff's working, which is obviously a big adventure and technically a lifetime's worth of work, then you can experience, if you're lucky, an alchemical transformation of self where you become like a cosmic version of yourself. And, you know, in some sense, you could say that you can even transcend your human nature. You become something that's beyond your humanity as a result of this kind of work on a very, very deep level. Now, that's, you know, honestly, something that most people don't understand and probably never will understand because most people are just like just breathing kind of like unconscious mechanisms walking around and just playing out their stuff. And they might have little moments of awakening for a second and they go back to just being these kind of like unconscious things reacting to the world. And in the, in the natural cause of things, we emerge and we live and we have a self and then we kind of dissipate into our multiple parts and we just disperse back off into the universe again. The integrated master is able to bring all that stuff together to become like an actual integrated soul so he keeps his soul he can he can become the commander of his soul and you'll see this in tibetan buddhism they can you can survive you know you can survive death you can basically take your human nature into eternity as opposed to having dissipated back into the the abyss so that's really like the highest purpose behind it and on a subtler level it's just you know fun to play around with your psyche and learn about your mind and see what the mechanics are like and work with labeling mechanisms and understand what's going on inside yourself so you can play it at a psychological level you can play it at an emotional level you can play it at a spiritual level. And ideally, as you become more and more embodied, you will get into the deeper, deeper core of what all that stuff is about. So yeah, there's a lot to be said, but that's a good primer. Fuck yeah. <laughs> awesome rant. Yeah, and that's what we were attempting to do here in a microcosm over over a week, because I, I guess a lot of people, it's it's kind of hard to explain what we're, what we're doing here um, because it's not just like, okay, we're doing some exercises and then we're doing some meditation classes and then we're having lunch. It's like the attempt and I think what we succeeded in doing here was taking ourselves and the guys through a week long lifetime essentially. And so we, we looked at all of those, all of those areas, all of those archetypes from the, from the sensitive, the sensual, the self-loving and self-caring aspects that a lot of men are terrible at myself included uh, through a lot of my life to actually acknowledge themselves, to give themselves love, to be able to be, to really enjoy 
their senses, their pleasure. And then, of course, moving through the, the warrior aspects of combat, of fear, of needing to, needing to get mastery over certain skill sets or um, behaviors in order to be able to survive the next thing. And so, you know, we're doing it here in a, obviously a much safer kind of VR version than, than the grand sweep of man's history, but you get to have all these different tastes. And then obviously as we moved into the, the ceremony spaces and the, the more sacred spaces, then getting to explore this, what else am I aside from a flesh and blood human and seeing that there, yeah, there is so much more depth. So it's like, I think for me, archetypes has really been like, Without some sense of that, I would just be an Aussie guy getting up and trying to something, feed myself and like these very basic rat rat maze uh, living. And since I got involved in the the Shaolin training way back in my teenage years, that gave me a sense of like, I am part of a mystical school. I am on a journey. I am on a a heroic adventure. And therefore, I want to explore all these aspects. I didn't necessarily think exactly in archetypes, but it was like I was going through my warrior my warrior phase of being super intense, super disciplined, trying to channel aggression and frustration and confusion of youth, you know, and then moving into the, the sensual and the, the lover aspect and then continuing on. So when you bring these archetypes into your life, it allows you to have a continuity of a story that's not just I'm just a you know, I'm just a guy who's just trying to there. It gives you some sense of real purpose. So, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.